I am with ESPN 1000's David Kaplan of Cap and Company. Cap, how are you? All is well today, and uh, you know we were able to talk some sports today, and so hopefully baseball will get their head out of their rears and figure it out on both sides, and we can get our game back. But yeah. if not, don't let them. Don't let the door hit him in the butt on the way out, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that leads into my first question for you. So, if you had to put a bet right now on whether we have a baseball season this summer, yes or no, what do you do? I'm betting yes. I mean, I'm probably more pessimistic than I've been simply because I think that it's dragged on so long. And you would think intelligent, you know, successful people who have made in some cases, billions, and in other cases, millions, you would think that they would have an idea of how to put this thing together and not just destroy all the goodwill that they could have had had they done this back in April. Uh, but I'm going to, if I had to make a bet, I can't believe they're that dumb. And I would bet that they're going to figure a way out and they'll play. I'm with you. I hope they do figure out something. Like I said on your show earlier today that, you know, I, I'll be there to watch it when that sport comes back, whether it's in a month or, you know, next, hopefully not until next season. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I hope that they figure something out. As you said, they can't be that dumb to just let this get away. But so that kind of I was curious. So I want to hit both sides of town real fast. So from the White Sox perspective, I was curious kind of what you thought about how this, this layoff might affect a team such as the White Sox. And everybody is obviously going through the same layoff. But from the White Sox, they're trying to contend now. There's a, there's a buzz around that team. Do you think a shorter season, whether it's 50, 80, whatever, could either hurt or help this team as far as maybe, you know, they get off to a hot start like last year's Mariners who were horrible. at the, Or not the, yeah, the Mariners. They got off to like a 12-2 and two start and were horrible. Or the Nationals who got off to a horrible start, win the World Series. Do you think the White Sox could potentially be better off for a short season or could it hurt them if they don't have that full 162 so to speak well here's we talked about this a little bit on the air today and i think we will again tomorrow on my radio show look when you have a veteran team like the chicago cubs you look at it and go hmm john lester would he be a better pitcher if he only had to start 20 games as opposed to 33 to 35 games is Anthony Rizzo, who's had a history of having back issues, a better player in a 76-game season than he is in a 162-game season. And then you look at the White Sox, you go, well, they've got all these young players, so does that hurt them or help them? Veterans are used to being in slumps, are used to you know dealing with the unusual. This is by far more than unusual. And then you have young players like the White Sox have who've never played in the big leagues, for example, for a guy like Luis Robert. Is Lucas Giolito the guy from two years ago or the guy last year who surprised everybody? Is Aloy Jimenez ready to take the next step? Nick Madrigal is going to be up. He's never played a second either. So does that help them or hurt them? I guess if they got off to a quick start, it would probably help them because young, vibrant athletes, you just, you got off to a good start, you got confidence, you keep going. But if you get off to a questionable start, wow, as a young player, how do you work through that? How do you work out of 
the slump, the team struggling. So I think it helps a veteran team more unless you get off to a great start. Yeah, and I I do feel like with the Cubs on their on that side of town, I do feel like the Cubs would benefit in the sense that, like you said, they're veterans. You you, you can kind of you're already past the cold Aprils. You're already kind of uh, it's the heat of summer. So hopefully, guys like Rizzo or Lester are you know able to kind of give it their all when we need it right away or when they need it right away. And as far as the Cubs overall, uh, I, I feel like they're not necessarily a World Series contender like they were a couple of years ago, but I think they're at least a playoff contender. But obviously, a lot of uncertainties, a lot of question marks. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Chris Bryant? I know you were on the record earlier this year saying that you thought he would be traded, but whether or not that probably wouldn't be this year now. But do you think a guy like Bryant would be gone in the offseason or even like with Theo after 2021? Do you think if he's getting ready to get out of town, does this team still have a shot maybe in the next year under your, in, in your mind? Look, it's, it's a wildly talented roster for the flaws that they have, inability to develop starting pitching over the last eight seasons. Uh, for all of that, they still have an all-star first baseman. They've got an all-star shortstop. They've got an all-star third baseman. They got a guy who hit 38 home runs last year in left field. They've got an all-star catcher. They've got a starting pitching staff of veteran guys who have proven it at the major league level. So you have a number of really good players there. Now, do they have holes? Every team has holes. Um, I still think this is a team that if they got hot and they got in the playoffs, they have the firepower to be able to do what they need to do to win, especially in a 76 or 82 or 50 game season, 48, whatever it ends up being if we play. Uh, in terms of Chris Bryant, they are not going to ever offer him the type of contract he was offered four years ago. They tried to sign him to a monster deal after the World Series, and he and Scott Boris said, no, thank you. They will never come close to the money he was offered on the open market with a global pandemic that we're all dealing with. It is going to change the salary structure in pro sports until we get a vaccine at the very earliest. So, yeah, I thought Chris made a terrible mistake not taking the extension. He has pushed back on that narrative saying, I don't know what extension they're talking about. I can tell you 100% he was offered an extension, 100%. They just chose not to sign it for whatever reason, and that's their right. Do you think the Cubs and Bias will come to an agreement sooner than later? Uh, again, they were talking about a contract that would have approached $200 million. Nobody's signing those types of deals from an ownership perspective until they know what their financials are going to look like. I mean, the Cubs, according to Forbes – is going to, are going to lose, if there's no fans in any games, this year the Cubs will lose $199 million. That's according to Forbes. That's not the Cubs saying that. That's an independent group. So if that's accurate, then if you're Tom Ricketts, you're not signing anybody to a monster contract. you got to know where are we headed here. I mean, a guy like Mookie Betts turned down, said no thank you, to $300 million to play for the Boston Red Sox. So if he said no to 300, 
He's not coming close. He said, no, I can get 400. He's not going to get the 300 they offered. He's not going to come close to it. So a lot of guys who thought, I'll bet on myself, made really stupid business decisions. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting once we get back to normal, uh, some sort of normalcy in baseball, whether, whether it's whenever. And even when it does come back, really meaning going back into a full season again with the free agency, what guys like Betts will do. But um, kind of shifting to the NBA and the NHL, obviously both sports are ready to come back sometime this summer. Uh, I guess, again, with the layoff. So when it comes to the NBA, do you? I still feel like when you have LeBron James or whoever it is, you know, some of the best players in the game on your team, you still have a pretty good advantage. But do you feel like there's more of a wide open, you know, format now with the, uh, with you know, everybody being like all all this time off since then? Or do you think the best, the cream of the crop, will still kind of rise to the top? Yeah, I still think the cream of the crop will rise to the top. Hockey, we've seen upsets and we've seen right. things go down where you're like, whoa. That team beat who? But in basketball, usually the best team wins. Usually. Now, that doesn't mean that a, a two can't upset a one at the end. Yeah, that can happen. But I just don't see an eight knocking out a one. That's, I, I still think the best teams are going to be playing at the end. And the NBA, who would you, who do you think might win it all this year? I heard you uh, earlier on the, on the radio with Nick talking about who you might if you were to put a bet on a team, but who do you kind of going with your gut? Who do you think might be the one that comes out of it? Uh, if I had to put money down, I know Nick is all over the Clippers and I like the Clippers a lot as well. I think they're really, really good. Um, I would probably take a shot at the LA Clippers or the LA Lakers to win it. And I would put my money on the Miami heat to come out of the East. Now Milwaukee's the number one seed. I'm just not that impressed with that team. I think Giannis is an amazing player. I'm a big Chris Middleton fan. But beyond that, I'm not a huge Bucks guy. I think it's a good team. So I would probably take a shot at the Miami Heat. Before I shift kind of to the NHL, but on the Bulls. So I know there's a lot to go, you know, tons of things for the Bulls to figure out between now and, you know, next season and everything. But I guess even before we can even talk, I mean, before like free agency and all that kind of stuff that has to happen, uh, I would assume the Bulls, in your mind, they're, they should at least be, I mean, I know they're going to be kind of doing this sort of re, you know, new coach most likely coming and somewhat of a rebuild and all that, but uh, would you say it's too early for the Bulls to even be a playoff potential team as like an eight seed next year or just be, just get this thing going in the right direction and just sort of start trending up? obviously with the new uh, management and everything that's coming in. Kind of what's your mindset with the Bulls? Uh, I absolutely think the Chicago Bulls can be a playoff team next year. They're going to add another, you know, top eight, nine, ten pick. Maybe they get lucky and they get near the top of the lottery. But, you know, if they pick where they're slotted, they're picking seven. They're still going to get another very good player. They're going to have a new coaching staff. I don't see any scenario that they don't. And so if you add – more experience, new breath of fresh air to kind of reinvigorate the organization. I, I truly believe that's a team that can get to the playoffs, 100%. 
Now, on the hockey side of things, I feel like with hockey, it's, I mean, as you already said, it's always kind of wide open anyway under a normal playoff year. But I, I feel like with, with the, the layoff, the NHL, you know, playing games, whether it's in August, who knows what the ice will be like, just all the, all the unknown factors just from the hockey standpoint. Forget the COVID-19 stuff. Uh, do you... I guess it's like, what do you think about the NHL as far as any, it's almost like any team, maybe the Blackhawks get on a run, who knows, because you need a hot goalie and a couple of things go your way. It, I almost feel like the teams that have that bye, who aren't playing in that play-in round, almost have a disadvantage only in the sense that they're playing, they're going to be sitting even longer, so the teams that play them will be coming off games at least. So what do you think about the NHL and who might might come out of that? Yeah, I, I look, the Blackhawks have a, Stanley Cup winning, two-time Stanley Cup winning goaltender. They've got amazing players in Kane and Taves and Debrinket and Keith. But I just don't think they're good enough defensively to make that type of run and win the Stanley Cup. That would surprise me. Would I be surprised if they knocked out Edmonton? No. But you still have to to get by Edmonton. Let's not forget, they've got... Dreisaitl, they've got Connor McDavid. I mean, those are two elite scorers. And as I said, the Hawks are great defensively. So those are, you know, my concerns about the Hawks. I still think the best teams in hockey will be the teams that are standing at the end. There could be an upset in there, maybe. Uh, I think the Washington Capitals are the team to beat for me. Yeah, that's actually the local team to me here in Virginia, somewhat local. And then uh, I, I write for and do podcasts for the Blue Jackets SB Nation page. So I'll be interested to see how Columbus can kind of uh, see what they do. They obviously pulled off the sweep of Tampa Bay last year, and who knows with hockey, and who even knows where they're even going to be playing games. Do you think Chicago is even – I mean, I know they're one of the hub uh, potential hub cities. Do you think that they might even get some hockey, or would it be in, uh, elsewhere in your mind? Uh, I know the mayor here. Mayor Lightfoot, she definitely wants the hockey to come here. Feels as though they can protect them and quarantine them uh, from the global pandemic of COVID-19. So uh, will I be surprised if Chicago ends up getting it? Yeah, I probably would. But I do think that the United Center and the Hawks organization, which is so you know well-liked and respected by Gary Bettman and the NHL, certainly gives them a chance in those discussions. Yeah, I'm also just really curious in general how, like, what happens. I think you guys were kind of talking about this earlier on your show about, you know, once sports come back, how they deal with any potential adverse effects of the coronavirus. You know, obviously they've had have already been kind of planning how they can, talking about what do they do. So I'm kind of just curious anyway of just how that will play out or, you know, if a guy gets comes down with it. I guess they don't, I don't know if they have to shut everything down again or not, or if they're able to kind of just put him in quarantine and they can continue on. But I'm also just curious to see how that plays out. Yeah. And the other question is sure, everyone says, well, these are, you know, 20 to early 30 year old athletes who they're in peak condition. So even if they got it, it shouldn't be a big issue. The problem with that mentality is what about a player who has an underlying health issue? Like Anthony Rizzo is a cancer survivor. Uh, John Lester is a cancer survivor. There are guys in the NBA that have underlying health concerns. And so how do you protect these players? Because they all want to play. They all want to make their money. Yet maybe they have an underlying health concern they don't even know about. I mean, I'm, you're talking to a guy who had a congenital heart defect that ended up leading to me having 
nine and a half hours of heart surgery at the Mayo Clinic in 1991. I had no idea I had a congenital heart defect. So, you know, had I been a professional athlete and something horrible happened to me, God forbid, on the playing field, I had no idea I had something going on with my heart. So, I mean, how many players could have a congenital whatever and have no idea they ever had it? Yeah, very, yeah, definitely. I, I do think about the players with the underlying issues like Brian Boyle. I know he had myeloid leukemia, so yeah, definitely players that have diabetes, whatever. I, I, How about old coaches? Yeah, Will, exactly. Greg Popovich yeah. is 71 years old. Joe Madden is 66. Yeah. Dusty, 72. I mean... That's that's a problem. Yeah, and, and in, in baseball, weren't they? I don't know if this would still be part of their plan, but weren't they talking about how you can't spit? You got to, I mean, like, are they going to be able to play the game? I mean, forget the spitting part, but, <laughs> like, are they still going to be able to hold guys on first base, like, normally? Or are they going to have to do this, like, some sort of, like, social distancing in a sense? Or are they going to be in the dugout like normal? I mean, I'm not even sure how they, I, I assume they would play pretty much like normal as much as they can, but I'm just curious, too, from that aspect of things, too. I would think it'll... It'll look pretty normal to you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think they're going to use thousands upon thousands of tests, make sure guys are staying healthy. But guys also have to be smart because you're 23 years old and you're making league minimum or you're making $10 million a year. You can't think you're invincible and decide, I'm not going to get it. I'm going to dinner and I'm going to hang out with my buddies. Because your buddy may be an asymptomatic carrier of COVID-19 that nobody knows. And all of a sudden, you get it, but you're asymptomatic. You come in your locker room, and all of a sudden, you've infected half the team. So, yeah, this is a, this is a tricky thing to navigate. Definitely. Now, just a few more things. So, I, I know that you said you like the Bears going into next season, NFC North, win the North. But uh, if you had to assume the Bears, like let's say the Bears do win the NFC North, is it Trubisky or Foles that's the quarterback? It's a great question. Uh, I just want to see a good, fair competition. You know, if you don't have a preconceived yeah. notion, don't play Mitch because you drafted him second. Don't play Nick Foles because you traded a fourth-round pick for him. Let them go out and earn the job. And whoever that is, may the best man win and may the best man be good enough to take the Bears where we all want him to get to. It'll definitely be interesting just with this whole offseason, if you can even call it that at this point, just the way everything is playing out, how teams will be. But another unknown, but it'll be definitely interesting to see how that plays out as well. So uh, one last thing. So obviously uh, the long gone summer of the Sosa McGuire doc on ESPN this weekend. Uh, I was curious if you had like a favorite Sammy Sosa story. Uh, I mean, I have a few because Sammy had come to me back in 1998. There had been a hurricane that hit the Dominican Republic and Haiti, which is right down there with it. And he came to me one day because back in the day, it's not like this anymore. When I did the pre and post on the radio, I did a lot of the show from the locker room. So they would kick all the media out except me. And so I would literally be in the clubhouse. They could be having a team meeting and they knew I would never, ever screw them over and reveal stuff that was said in there. And Sammy came to me one day after I got done doing my show before a game. I'm packing up to go upstairs. They're getting ready to go play. He's like, hey, brother, I need a favor. I said, anything for you. What do you need? Can I come on your radio show and promote this charity thing 
that were involved in to raise funds for all these people that were devastated by the hurricanes. I said, of course. So I have him on and then I ended up, you know, helping him do with some fundraising. And then one day he walked up to me in the locker room and he had a bat in his hand. I thought he was going to hit. And he's like, hey, Calf, that's for you. Thank you for having me on and thank you for all you did for the charity. I'm like, what is that? He said, it's a game-used bat from this glorious summer. And it's a game-used bat from 1998. I still have it to this day, signed by Santa. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I I was going to say, like, the, the last dance was awesome. And I'm looking forward to this doc also, just to relive the Sosa stuff. I mean, you know, I was, I was, you know, 12, 14, whatever back then. So, I mean, that was just a fun time. 03 was a fun year in general. Sosa and the Cubs and just, it'll be, good to, it'll be cool to relive all that. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it. I will be home Sunday night, you know, have my dinner and pour a cocktail and be glued in to watch because I lived it. I was there every day for that. Yeah. So I'm excited to watch it. I'm looking forward to it too. Well, that that's actually all I had. I just got to say real fast though. I, uh, you, uh, Zetterman, Black, all you guys are awesome. You're always entertaining. With It's funny because I was at work a couple years ago listening to music and I got tired of music and I was like, I got to listen to something else, maybe get some Cubs stuff. So I, I found you on the on the radio and at first I was just you know I was, just, I was listening to the Cubs news whatever Jesse was saying and but I kept I kept listening to you guys because I love the banter I love the interaction and now I listen all the time always hit the pot up if I miss something so keep keep doing what you're doing greatly appreciate you because without people like you we don't have a show you know that that's what I hope that people who work in my industry understand that without our great listeners and especially the P1 listeners preset one on your dial uh, like you we don't have a show so man we appreciate you yeah and it's, it's funny too because I've, I've come across I mean I've never met any of them in real life but guys you know on Twitter that I interact with because of your show or the ESPN 1000 shows it's fun you know like uh, Nick Kevin all these random guys that I, I interact with all the time because of you guys Palazzolo. yep that's it yep all those guys but uh, yeah and but uh, in general, it's always fun, and yeah, definitely. Oh, and also Edzo is the man. You got I love what Edzo's on. So I wish he was on Twitter too. But give tell tell Edzo I said what's up. He's awesome. I will. But, uh, all you guys are awesome. You got it. We appreciate you. Appreciate that. All right, Cap. Well, I hope you have a good day. Also, if you want, uh, plug all your stuff, all the shows that you're on. Go ahead and tell everybody where you where yep, they can they find you. Yeah, they can find me every day nine to noon on ESPN one thousand. They can find me on NBC Sports Chicago on Sports Talk Live every afternoon at 6.30. And then they can also find me socially, Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter at The Catman. Awesome. Well, I will definitely, of course, be listening tomorrow and every day. And, yeah, just keep doing your thing. Man, Thanks for having me. And you got the number anytime. Definitely appreciate that. Have a good one.